Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. This week's episode is based on my most requested topic, Boggarts. Boggart folklore originates in the north of England, particularly the counties of Lancashire and Yorkshire. There's lots of information about them to get into, but first I'm going to tell one of the most well-known Boggart stories, which also appears in other European folklores with the part of the Boggart replaced by the devil. So here's today's five-minute folklore, the story of the farmer and the Boggart. Long ago, in a village in Lancashire, In the north of England, named Mumby, a farmer purchased a plot of land which he was planning to use to grow crops. The farmer paid a visit to his new plot and began to cultivate it in preparation for his crops. Just as he was starting, a short, hairy creature ran over, a boggart. What do you think you're doing? It said, and was obviously fuming. Well, I've just bought this land and I intend to farm it. The farmer responded, and continued his work. None, the boggart said, and knocked the farmer's tools from his hands. This land belongs to me. Anything grown here is mine. The farmer pondered a moment on the situation. He was cunning and quickly came up with a plan. How about this, he said. If you let me plant my crops on this land, then you're entitled to half of whatever I manage to grow here. The boggart stroked his hairy chin and then snapped his fingers and pointed at the farmer. Agreed. The farmer smiled. Right then, to make this fair, do you want the half of the crop that grows above ground or below? He asked. The boggart stroked his chin again. I will have the half from below the ground. The farmer was left alone to farm the plot. Over the coming weeks... He sowed the land with barley. Harvest came around, and the boggart and the farmer met again to reap their rewards. The farmer was piling up all of the barley that he had grown, while all the boggart had was the stubble left behind. Dirty trick. He was grumbling. Next time, I'm taking the crops above ground from my hearth. Fair enough, the farmer agreed, and waved to the boggart as he left with his harvest. The following year, the farmer sowed the plot with potatoes. Harvest came around again, and he was laughing to himself as he pulled his huge potato crop from the ground. 
the boggart was left with nothing. He was seething with anger and glaring at the farmer collecting his crop. He marched over. You sneak! This is my land and I want half. Okay, the farmer responded. Next year, we'll start at opposite ends of the land and harvest half of everything each, meeting in the middle. How's that? The offer seemed fair to the boggart, and so he nodded in agreement and walked away. On the third year, the farmer sowed the land with wheat. It grew wonderfully, and the night before they were due to harvest, he snuck down to the plot and stuck iron rods into the ground along the side that the boggart would be starting. In the morning, they met and shook hands. Look at this crop, the farmer beamed. The boggart grinned and was eager to get started. The farmer pointed to either side. If you start over there, I'll start this side, and we'll meet in the middle, keeping whatever we each harvest. The boggart gave a nod, and they headed to the opposite sides of the wheat. The boggart began to reap, but his scythe soon became blunted on the iron rods that the farmer had hid in the crop. The farmer managed to harvest almost the entire field by the time the boggart had barely got through a single row. The boggart gathered his meagre yield and stormed off. The farmer never saw him again. Hopefully you enjoyed the story. As I said before, that story is told in other parts of European folklore, but under the name of The Farmer and the Devil. To me, it almost felt like the farmer was the real villain of that story. Boggarts are usually portrayed as much meaner, evil little creatures. And there will be another story later of a more troublesome one. But first, let's learn more about them, their variations, and the superstitions surrounding them. As I said before, stories of boggarts come mainly from the counties of Lancashire and Yorkshire in the north of England. They are mostly mischievous, frightening, sly and annoying, but in a few stories they can be helpful, though rarely. They're shapeshifters with the ability to turn invisible, and will take up residence in homes, fields, churchyards, even under bridges, in marshes, in holes in the ground, and more, and can be very territorial over the locations they choose to inhabit. Boggart houses are the names given to households where strange things continually happen. Things similar to a house that is said to have a poltergeist haunting. It is believed that these homes have a house boggart living inside them. House boggarts enjoy playing tricks and pranks on the homeowners. They will knock things over, scare pets, blow out candles, pinch children and even cause dogs to go lame. It's likely that they were invented to explain strange occurrences like lost keys, creaking noises after dark, and were even blamed for milk turning sour. They hide in your home in small, dark places, such as cupboards, closets, cabinets, or under your bed. Some say that they will crawl into your bed at night, when you're asleep, and lay their cold, clammy hand upon your face, and sometimes strip the bedsheets off of you. Once you have a house boggart, it can be incredibly hard to get rid of it, and even if you try and move home, it will follow you. There is some dispute over whether they are related to demons, ghosts, or fairies, 
as they have been described as all of those, usually they are referred to as either hobgoblins or evil spirits. Some say that these malevolent beings can even inhabit the bodies of small animals, such as dogs or cats, and can even suck your blood like a vampire by biting your foot. There was an old woman from Yorkshire, as I have heard him tell. She loved her old man daily, but another man twice as well. Singing yant and tethera, methera pip bazera, sezeracara contradic. She went to see an old witch to see if she could find anything in the old world to make her old man blind. Singing yant and tethera, methera pip bazera, sezeracara contradic. Descriptions of the appearance of boggarts can vary wildly. Commonly, they are described as small, ugly and hairy, humanoid creatures, so not too dissimilar to me, though some descriptions say they have long arms, sometimes with claws, and large eyes, or eyes that resemble burning coals. However they look, they're always dirty, smelly, uncouth, extremely messy, and dressed in rags. Brownies, otherwise known as silkies, are helpful household spirits that also originate in folklore from the north of England. Many think that boggarts could be brownies that have turned evil, possibly after having been wronged by a human. She said that gives him marrow bones and makes him eat them all And when he's finished he'll be so blind he won't see thee at all Singing yant and tethera, methera pip pazera, sezeracara contra dick but the old man, he were a crafty bugger, he knew it all before And when he finished he said, me dear, I can't see thee at all Singing yant and tethera, methera pip pazera, sezeracara contradic The name, Boggart, is thought to derive from the Welsh bwig and is commonly considered to be the origin of the bogeyman as a general term for any supernatural being that's intent is to frighten. The Scottish variant of the name is usually Bogle, which appears in Scottish literature from as early as 1500. The Bogle variant is generally the same, but often has more frightening descriptions. Some Bogle stories even suggest that they are the dead and are able to act in an evil manner until their corpse has decayed. Other variations on the name include Boggle, Boggard, Bogan, Bogey, Bug, Bugbear, Bugaboo, and in Manx folklore, Buggan. Aside from regular Boggarts and House Boggarts, there is also a type known as a blash boggart that is an apparition that can appear and disappear in a flash. Another kind is a horse boggart. These take pleasure in scaring horses. An old lank saying is for a horse to take boggarts as a description for when a horse is acting skittish or scared, as if it has been frightened by an invisible creature. In some Lancashire folklore, boggarts are believed to have a leader known as Old Hob, who looks similar to common depictions of the devil with horns, cloven hooves, and a tail. The word hob is an old name for devil. Well, I'll take me sent to the harbour, and there me sent I'll drown. The old lass said I'll come with thee to see that they don't fall down. Singing yant and tethera, methera pip bazera, sezeracara contra dick. And there they went all hand in hand till they come to the harbour's rim. The old lass turned and went behind and ran to push him in. Singing yant and tethera, methera pip bazera, sezeracara contra dick. Boggarts that live in marshes and swamps are believed to be the cause of missing children. 
It was common for parents to threaten children by telling them that they would throw them in a boggart hole. And as I said before, they were an easy scapegoat for everyday household incidents. But there are many superstitions surrounding them. I'm just going to go over a few of them now. If you have a house boggart, it is unlucky to name it. If you do, it will never leave and become even more malicious. The only way to get rid of a house boggart is to stealthily and quickly move home. Two ways to keep them away are to hang a horseshoe above the entrance to your home or to leave a pile of salt outside your bedroom door. If you have a house boggart and can't get rid of it, you could at least try calming it down by planting holly or leaving a saucer of milk out. And if a boggart has taken up residence under a bridge or on a dangerous sharp bend in the road, it is very bad luck for a driver not to offer a polite greeting as they pass. Well, the old manny were a crafty bugger and he swiftly stepped aside. The old lass tripped and fell in and was swallowed up by the tide. Singing yan tan tethera, methera pip pazera, cesera cara contra dick. Well, how loudly she did holler and did for mercy call. But the old man said, I am so blind, I can't see thee at all. Singing yan tan tethera, methera pip pazera, cesera cara contra dick. I have another well-known Boggart story to tell you now about the Boggart of Boggart Hill Cloth. A Boggart took up residence in the home of a Yorkshire farmer named George Gilbertson and his family. He amused himself by tormenting the children in the house. He would knock over drinks, rattle their bed curtains and steal their food away when they weren't looking. He was careful to never be seen though. He would even sit on their chests when they were sleeping, until they woke and screamed for their parents, who would come running. One day, the youngest son noticed a small hole in the understairs cupboard, where a knot in the wood had been pushed out. He picked up a shoehorn and rattled it about in the hole, just for fun. When it was quickly pushed back out, it flew through the air and hit the boy right in the head. Although it hurt, the boy found it fun and often made a game of putting the shoehorn in the hole to watch it come flying back out. The Boggart's harassment continued and eventually the farmer and his wife decided the family should leave. When they were leaving, a neighbour called over. Well, Georgie, I see you're leaving that old house at last. I've been forced to, he called back. That damn Boggart torments us. We can't rest night or day. It seems to have malice against the poor bairns. So you see, we're forced to flit like. He then heard a small voice coming from behind him. Aye, aye, Georgie. We're flitting, you see. It was the Boggart, all ready to move with them. Oh, damn thee, exclaimed the farmer. He turned to his wife. It's no use, Mally. We may as well turn back to the old house, or be tormented in another. After more years of mischief in this home... The Boggart eventually grew tired and moved on to find a new family to torment. The place where this Boggart dwelt is now known as Boggart Hole Clough. Boggart 
Boggart Hill Clough is a real place. It's a 190-acre woodland park in Blakely, near to Manchester, and is said to have a very eerie and magical atmosphere. Boggart Hill Clough is considered responsible for many disappearances over the years, but it isn't the only place named after Boggarts. A few examples are Boggart Bridge in Burnley, Lancashire. There's an old tradition that whoever crosses must offer up a living thing, otherwise they forfeit their own soul. There's a group of potholes in the Yorkshire Dales near to Clapham named Boggart's Roaring Holes. The legend is that these are the dwellings of grotesque, flesh-eating Boggarts, and their angry howls are said to have been heard. There's also a set of stones known as the Boggart Stones. These overlook the place where the infamous Moors murderers buried their victims. Aside from these, there's Boggart Hill and Boggle Hole, among many others in the north of England. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There are plenty more Boggart stories than the ones I've told so far. And I have a few shorter ones for you now. The first one I'm reading from lancashirelife.co.uk. The bee-hole boggart of Brunshaw snatched a woman called Old Bet and left only bits of her skin on a thorn bush. The headless boggart of Longridge appeared as a hooded young woman to a lad going to the White Bull in Longridge. She was carrying a market basket. He offered to carry it, but as he took it from her, 
He dropped the basket to reveal a head with staring eyes inside. It was hers. He ran away terrified and she laughed at his fear. So again, that was from lancashirelife.co.uk. There's also a boggart that is said to haunt Cave Har, which is a limestone cave at Giggleswick near Settle. And another one in Lancashire that is named Nut Nan that would let out shrill screams along hazel bushes in Maston near Manchester. Here's one more story I found right at the end of my research about a brownie possibly becoming a boggart, with an ending similar to the Boggart Hill Clough story. I found this on katherinecavendish.com, and I'm reading this one from that website. The farmer's wife would find all her chores done, laundry washed and ironed, floors swept. The farmer himself was grateful for the help he got bringing in the sheep on a snowy winter evening. He heard the creature's voice, but never saw it. He was determined to rectify that, and made a small hole in the ceiling of the room where the boggart performed most of its household tasks. Sure enough, his patience was rewarded by the sight of a small, wizened, barefoot old man who began to sweep the floor. Surely his feet must be cold against the stone floor. The farmer thought so anyway, and decided to make him a pair of tiny clogs and left them out for him. His son saw him pick them up and heard him call out, New clogs, new wood. Tob Thurs will ne'er again do any good. From then on, the era of good works was over. The boggart began to hound and hurt his family. The animals got sick. The farmer's prized bull was somehow transported to the farmhouse roof. Household items were smashed indiscriminately. Things got so bad that this family too felt forced to flee. But the boggart had other ideas. Wait there while I fetch me clogs and come with thee, it said. And this is why you should never give a gift to a boggart, for they cannot harm you unless and until you do. So again, that was from katherinecavendish.com. Boggarts appear in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of books and also the film series, but are slightly different. Similar to Stephen King's It, these boggarts can transform themselves in order to appear as whatever the viewer fears most. Rowling's boggarts can only be destroyed by laughter. Here's a quote from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So, the boggart sitting in the darkness within has not yet assumed a form. He does not yet know what will frighten the person on the other side of the door. Nobody knows what a boggart looks like when he is alone. But when I let him out, he will immediately become whatever each of us most fears. Boggarts also appear in many other fantasy fiction series, such as The Spiderwick Chronicles by Tony DiTalizzi and Holly Black, The Wardstone Chronicles by Joseph Delaney, and C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia books, where they are called Boggles. They are also commonly represented in many fantasy role-playing games and card games, such as the popular Magic the Gathering. A poem exists that tells the Boggart Hill Cloth story named The Legend of Boggart Hole Cloth. I'll just read a short section of it now. One morning, Farmer Bell put all the things upon a cart. He locked the door and took the reins and whispered, Let us start. We'll leave this boggart here alone without more ado. Thou'rt wrong, a voice called from the churn. I'm flitting with you too. Thou art not, the farmer cried, and turning to his men, said, Get those things off the cart. 
we're in the house again. Writer Edwin Waugh visited a place named Grizzlehurst in Lancashire one summer in 1861. He got talking to a husband and wife there, when, during the conversation, the husband mentioned something he referred to as the Grizzlehurst Boggart. Fascinated by their superstition, Edwin pressed them further on the subject. They told him that there was a boggart buried nearby, under an ash tree at a bend in the road, and that, despite being dead, it still tormented the locals. They said that it had been banging the cupboard doors in a farmhouse nearby only two weeks prior, and that the farmer's wife had heard loud laughter before witnessing her candle flames burn with a blue light and a creature with red eyes jumping towards her. They claimed that the morning after, tracks of cloven hooves had been seen outside her house. The couple also told Edwin that the boggart had caused them trouble by unhitching their horse and overturning their cart. Do you never think of delving the ground up? Edwin asked. Delve, no, the man responded. I wouldn't delve there. The old woman broke in. No, he'll not there. Not if I know it. No other man will dare lay a finger upon that clod. Joseph Fenton's a very bold chap, and he's roughened up everything around this countryside, almost, but he dare not touch the Grizzlehurst boggart. And he's a clever man too, mind you. Two more boggart facts for you before I start wrapping up. At one time, boggarts were considered such a nuisance around Yeadon that the town accounts record sums paid from the public purse for boggart catching. Also, one of the moons of Uranus, Puck, has all of its features named after magical creatures. One particular crater on its surface is named Bogle, after one of the Scottish terms for boggart. Hopefully you've enjoyed this one. There was so much information out there, I'm sure there's plenty more for you to research on your own if you would like to look further. This topic was requested by quite a few of you, but I want to thank Jonathan Ward and Adam Slater, who were the first to suggest it. If you want to suggest a topic or just say hi, then you can get in contact via the email 5minutefolklore at gmail.com or through the website 5minutefolklore.com, where you can also find links to the Facebook page, my Twitter, and now the Instagram, which I've just set up this week under the username 5 Minute Folklore, where I'll try and post accompanying images for each episode as well. I've had a few issues of Patreon in the past, so I've decided to close the 5 Minute Folklore page there. But you can still support the show via DonorBox or PayPal, and you can find the links to do that on the website. Thanks so much to those of you who already have. You can also support for free by leaving a rating and review through iTunes or by spreading the word and telling others about the show. One more place you can now find 5-Minute Folklore is through the Vaudle app, where there are lots of new listeners who seem to be enjoying the episodes, and I'd love to say a special thanks to the user Unity Eagle from there, who has shown amazing support for the podcast. Also, thanks to Rick Dove and special guest Adela Saunders for voices on this episode. There was lots of music this week, under the main story, The Farmer and the Boggart, 
You heard an instrumental version of John Barleycorn from the Engineer Artist YouTube channel. And under the Bogger Hill Cloth story, you heard an instrumental ukulele version of On Ilklamor Batat, the anthem of Yorkshire, performed by Colin Tribe, who you can also find on YouTube, and who has a series of books published by Shot Music on folk tunes for ukulele. Following that, you heard another version of On Ilklamor Batat from YouTube channel Three Legs Oman. Also on this episode, amongst the essay were The Old Woman from Yorkshire, performed on ukulele by Case Tone 2514, Patronus Boggart, composed by Jeremy Soule, and Monster Books and Boggarts, composed by John Williams for the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban score. There won't be anything next week, I'm having a week off while I relocate again, but following that there'll be another two weeks of episodes based on listeners' requests before another short break. Thanks for listening, and to play us out this week, we have a version of the traditional English folk song, The Devil of Cockerham, performed by Ed Harper. Now they say that in Cockerham a devil did dwell, singing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now they say that in Cockerham a devil did dwell, so afraid of the people they wished him in hell, the people they wished him in hell. So they called the schoolmaster this wise man and true, singing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. So they called the schoolmaster this wise man and true. So clever was he this task for to do, this difficult task for to do. Now the devil come up to our stout-hearted man, saying twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now the devil come up to this stout-hearted man, saying set me three problems to solve if I can, three problems to solve if I can. First on yonder thorn you must count the dew drops. Sing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. First on yonder thorn you must count the dew drops. Then count the ears in yon fine field of crops. The ears in yon fine field of crops. Now the devil he jumped and away did fly. Sing in twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now the devil he jumped and away did fly. The problem soon solved, he returned by and by. The devil returned by and by. Now you've got one more chance, says our devil with glee. Sing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now you've got one more chance, says our devil with glee. Then, my fine fellow, you're coming with me. My fine fellow, you're coming with me. Plat a rope of fine sand that you'll find on yon moss. Singing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Plat a rope of fine sand that you'll find on yon moss. Then you must wash it without any loss. You must wash it without any loss. Now the devil he's cursed and he's stamped and he's raved. Singing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now the devil is cursed and he's stamped and he's raved. Aha, says the master, my soul it is saved. I've won and my soul it is saved. Now if anyone living should want any proof, sing twiddlem twaddlem high folly. Now if anyone living should want any proof, there's a bridge or the river with marks of a hoof where the devil he landed from Cockrum Church roof on his way to his home down in hell.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 